by my co-host, Michael Mallon. Mike, how you doing? Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. Yes, indeed. So, here, here we are. What's new, man? <laughs> not As seems to always happen when we do this podcast, not much has occurred since the last time that we, we did this. Well, typically, it's just something that gets really disruptive in our own lives and not a worldwide global pandemic yeah <laughs> this time the world is on fire so we thought it was a good time to come together have some fun give people something to listen to for a little while take their minds off of things uh and i got a lot of my angst anxiety and downright fear out of the way during our zoom happy hour last night yes so, <laughs> so i highly recommend those for for people Absolutely. And I think that's one thing, um, you know, where I'm I'm personally hoping that we'll find time to record, you know, on a close to daily basis. We'll see how we're able to do with that. You've got you've got more things to to uh, to do than I do. So um, understand if it can't happen, but I would love to see it happen. But that's definitely I think one of the things we can talk about is different ways that we and other people are staying connected during these uh, strange times. Yeah, the. The Zoom happy hour, which I think you had been proposing for a few days, mm-hmm. which we finally were able to get off the ground on Saturday night. So you'll, if you're listening to this, uh, probably during the week. So it's a few nights ago. And the it started with three of us. Then my wife jumped on and another couple jumped on. So I think by the time there was like six or seven people at some point. It was a glacier reunion. Yeah. So, the Glacier Reunion, go back and listen to the Yacht Rock pod if you want Absolutely. to hear more about that. Yep. So, yeah, the, it trans. It got to the point where it was show each other the box of wine you're drinking, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was enjoyable. Um, <laughs> I so just I just thought Emily would want to know we were sharing our boxes. We were in the trust tree. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Zoom's an option. I've been FaceTiming with parents on um, in-laws and, and my mom yep. and her husband, sister-in-law. Uh, people have been emailing each other more often. Like there's this family email chain where everyone's just kind of checking in. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you been staying in touch with people? Uh, you know, my parents don't do a lot of video chat. I was was actually talking to them about, um, when my son's here next that, you know, we should actually do that because I think that'd be good for them. So we've been talking by phone. Uh, I've had to do a lot of Zoom meetings, uh, professionally. (laughs) So there's, there's been a lot of that with, um, for people that don't know, I'm a, uh, school counselor type person at two different small schools. So, um, you know, some staff meetings with everybody there. Uh, those staffs have also talked about uh, having happy hours virtually. So I, I hope that that, that happens. Um, you know, in terms of connections to friends, I mean, obviously a lot of messaging. There's a big group chat with uh, uh, my teachers at one school. Um but 
lost my train of thought for a second there. Uh, one thing that I'm I'll hoping. Stay in. <laughs> uh, I, I know two, th- two thoughts I had. Sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, one is I've been trying to stay a little bit connected with the world by doing a lot of the, um, online broadcasts, live streaming shows by various musicians. Um, obviously, I yeah, like to that a lot on Facebook. I don't think so much on Twitter, which might be a good plan, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to start uh, cross-platforming a little bit more. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, as somebody that likes to go to a lot of shows, that's helped, you know, me feel a little bit more connected to that still um you know i have a couple of friends that i think are probably dying even more than i am uh, that how's aaron doing because i worry uh, about you know him. i i just texted with aaron today and uh, he said he's real bored like not being able to go to shows go to bars and if go you're to not a long time listener we, we should have aaron on the show but he's i been on. so one of the things i hope we can do while we you know, are doing this more frequently over the next few weeks um, is have guests. And I will certainly reach out to Aaron. But is it fair to say that he goes to 200 plus shows a year? I th- I'm, I bet that's pretty fair. I mean, I'm I, there's probably weeks that he doesn't end up going to something, especially during the winter when it gets a little dry for shows here. But there's also weeks that he'll go to two shows in one day. Like he'll be seeing somebody in the late afternoon and then somebody else after that. And so, you know, he's definitely had times that he's told me like, I'm going to see Doomtree, which is like local hip hop group on Friday, uh, Iron Maiden on Saturday and, you know, some punk band on Monday at the turf club. So I, Bruce you know, Violet for the 17th time, right. uh, I've definitely seen Bruce Violet with a Ron. So, I've seen um, them with you. yeah, oh, no, I saw that. I think I saw them with Siri. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah I don't think we saw them together they opened um, for a soul asylum, I believe, which is a good show. It was Fair. a good show. Very Minnesota. Very Minnesota. Um, so you've been keeping up with live music. Yep. So that streaming stuff helps. I, I uh, was telling you before we uh, went live, so to speak, that uh, I was watching uh, Courtney Barnett with Lucius today, and it uh, was really it was really cool. I mean, the the sound got a little shady as more and more people jumped in, which was a little unfortunate, but. Uh, it uh, it got an emotional reaction out of me, just like uh, going to a, a regular show does sometimes. So, you know, it's definitely been one way to try to feel still a little connected to the greater world. Yeah, uh, one thing I have coming up in a few nights is because I'm in two different groups for Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And with social distancing, our games have been canceled. We've tried to move them online. Hasn't worked out yet. Right. But now everyone has, I think the easiest way to do it is an application called Roll20, R-O-L-L-2-0. So Roll20 has a website and it's got the video and everything integrated. Um, I, I played, I ran a campaign that way years ago for a bunch of people around the country. Mm-hmm. So, so we're going to use it all locally. Um, so that'll be good. I think that's on Friday night. So... We're going to get, begin back to playing some D&D. So that'll be a good way to engage with people, play a game, try to have some normalcy. Yep. 
And that dovetails with what I thought it should be a topic on one of our uh, upcoming and the near future ones, which is different ways to do tabletop games and stuff like that remotely. Because um, I know it's something that I'm kind of missing. <laughs> Playing uh, some games like King Domino is actually a big part of my quote unquote practice as a school counselor. Yeah. Uh, and so not being able to do that, number one, is just feels like something is missing. And number two, I'm even wondering for some of my. Uh, students if i can connect with them through something and still be able to play with them so it's definitely something i'd like for us to talk about more well some of my wife's family two of her aunts and uncles they were playing cribbage virtually mm-hmm. who i didn't read the article but apparently they had posted something on facebook and it got picked up by a local news station <laughs> right so it's featured in the news of like oh minnesotans being creative playing cribbage <laughs> also very minnesota <laughs> also very minnesota yeah <laughs> So I think those things are, are possible. It's just taken a little bit of ingenuity, and thankfully the Internet is working for everyone, and well, everyone has access to it. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel privileged to be able to have an Internet connection, to be talking to you, to be able to meet up with people online. If, if that were to go out, then it would be problematic. Uh, yeah, uh, and it's been interesting to see the, you know, the stress test of everybody getting on and um, everybody using video chat and whatnot. And so far, you know, it seems to have held up pretty well. So I'm, I'm not sure what the uh, ramifications of that will be because, you know, I, I think going into it, we're all a little worried about if some of these applications could hold up or not. But <clears throat> Well, before you were going to talk about the band camp thing that was going on, speaking of music and everything, but I think yeah. has that, that time period passed? So the the initial one was last Friday, and I hope that they'll do it again. Um, but the, for people that don't know, um, I guess backing up Bandcamp is you know a popular site for um, especially independent bands. But there's a lot of bands that are also on different labels, bands that you know on Bandcamp, using it as a format to share music that's available for purchase, as well as their merchandise and stuff. And uh, Bandcamp waived all of their um, cut on buying music last Friday. So any music that you purchased on Friday by any artist on Bandcamp, all that went straight to the artist. Because obviously, um, like a lot of people that are sort of gig economy, um, they are hurting right now because they can't play live places. There's no gigs. Yeah, there are no gigs. And uh, that means that they're Income streams have come to a pretty abrupt end. So uh, any bands that you like, finding ways to support them, buying their merch. Hopefully Bandcamp does another time like that. I mean, obviously you can purchase their their music through other um, ways too, and they see some of that money. But the Bandcamp one was nice because, you know, every dollar spent was just going directly to them. So I tried to get on and support a few people. I know some other friends of ours did too. And hopefully, like I said, they'll do it again. Are bands doing, because it seems like it's going to go in this direction pretty soon if it hasn't already, getting into a studio or someplace and say, hey, we're going to perform, pay what you want, or pay $2 to get a ticket, and then you get a code to be able to stream it. It it seems like things would go in that direction pretty quickly. You know, everything I've been seeing so far has just been free content, Um, and you know, I, there's a lot of value for bands just picking up more followers on social media and just more awareness of who they are. Um, I think that what I'm hearing from a lot of people, um, 
you know, it depends on the band. Like if it's a big band, they're probably all stuck in different places if they didn't happen to like, you know, all be in the studio together (laughs) as, as we started to do the the social isolation. Yeah. Um, so that may make things more complicated for some people. What I'm seeing from a lot of like, uh, people that make like electronic music, because that tends to be like one to two people in a lot of cases is that they're all stuck in the studio with nothing better to do. So I think that there's going to be a huge boom in music from everybody that, uh, you know, has the ability to to get into the studio and be doing something because, uh, you know, that that's really all they can do right now. I'm sure you'll see some concerts and stuff that are, you know, pay to access, but I'm not sure. I'm trying to think like what you have to bring for people, you know, right now while everybody's a little worried about money and whatnot to, to throw out money to see uh, a stream, especially when so many other people are doing it for free. But I'm sure some some savvy bands will come up with something to do. Yeah. And Emily's cousin who previously worked for geeks who drank the quiz pub quiz people. Yeah. Um, because bars, restaurants are closed. There's no pub quizzes. Thus, sadly, all those people got laid off for the time being, but they got together and did a virtual quiz for people around the country. Mm-hmm. actually did a nice job, like raise, raising money for some of their employees and such. Cool. So I think they might continue to try to figure that out yeah. to have some virtual quizzes, have people participate. I think people are going to be very innovative because this isn't ending anytime soon. It's the sense I get. Yeah, I mean, that would be kind of my guess, too, at this point. But I think it's sort of anyone's guess as to, you know, whether we're talking weeks, months or what um so and you know hopefully there's a lot of innovation that does come out of this both in when it comes to you know ways that people stay connected and people figuring out different ways that they can make some money that maybe carries back over to when the world looks more normal again and uh, you know back to your question about bands i do think that that's kind of the way to go is raising money for something on like a donation basis um even if it's you know to a a fund that just helps you know independent musicians stay afloat during this time or you know whatever it is i think that's probably the way to go whether than rather than saying like hey you gotta pay five bucks to get a door but we'll see yeah how long was it ago that we hung out because we went out for one evening was that two weeks or three weeks so, it feels like seven years ago. I, yeah, I, like I've been having that phenomena a lot lately where I think of something as being days ago. And then because social media posts tell you when you posted it, like I look and it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think it was not last weekend because I yeah I had different things to do last weekend. So, yeah, it was it was basically two weeks ago today. I mean, the Saturday, two weekends ago. Yeah, so we went to a a speakeasy here in town, very much in the burbs of the Twin Cities. And the speakeasy is a converted car wash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So it's in a little strip mall. And it's just two of us hanging out, having a couple of drinks. And then... (laughs) Before you even get there. Yeah, okay. So so we need to set this up because this was... This really goes in a a few interesting directions. So uh, 
like backstory. And I can't remember if we've talked about this before on this podcast or not. I think not, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, so this place is is it OK for us to name check the place? I don't see why not. Do you? Did you already say it? No, go ahead. All right. So place is called Volsteads and they have two locations in the Twin Cities that are both, you know, supposed to be speakeasies. One is literally in an alley with like the red light and the guy slides the little eye thing open. The other one to, is just in a in. strip mall in suburbia with a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you walk through a curtain. It's, uh, you know, it's a speakeasy air quotes. But, you know, it's it's still a it's pretty high. cool. It's a pretty cool place for Egan, Minnesota. Yes. And uh I I enjoy this place and there's this running history there of if I go there and I order a drink that has absinthe in it, <laughs> I am presented with interesting like moral ethical decisions, usually involving a a woman. Uh, and so here you and I have decided that I I came down for dinner. We just wanted to get out of the house. I, I think we were kind of already anticipating a little bit that um, our ability to get out of the house might be compromised in the near future. So right. we were looking to get out and do something what we could. Right. And so we went to Volstead's and, you know, it was, it was pretty busy. We we got some spots at the bar finally. And you just more or less mind on our own business. And, of course, I decide <laughs> for my a second drink, I think, to get – the one that has absinthe in it and i i, I don't think we're 100 sure it's like the legit absinthe yeah so i think that the absinthe that you can get in say um eastern europe has extra ingredients that are purported to give Some like psychedelic properties yeah i don't think that what you get at volstead's is exactly the same thing but I ordered the drink of absinthe in it anyway. But keeping and, in the spirit of the of your, right. of your streak and batting and average. Literally within minutes of me doing so, uh, this woman comes in, makes a beeline for the bar right next to us, which you know wasn't that unusual. In between we were, us, we were we were sitting there because yeah, you know but, it's, but, it's a pretty laid back place, and we're sitting at the bar chatting up the the bartender and. Yep. Trying different things. We order an appetizer, you know. Yep. Uh, and, you know, we, we were letting other people get in there because it was pretty crowded. And but this woman comes in and she orders. Uh, shoot. Uh, she ordered chilled Jameson and some kind of pretty good beer. Yeah, she, ordered, she, ordered basically, she ordered a beer and a shot of whiskey. Yeah, the chilled Jameson. Well, yeah. yeah. But, so she got. It was kind of a. It was. It was an. I was somewhat impressed by the order. It's a noteworthy order for a person coming in to a bar and clearly by herself. Yep. And sort of very polite, just gets in the middle of us, talks to the bartender, is very familiar, kind of comfortable. Yep. Orders a beer and a shot. Right. And, and so it's then, not like alarm bells in my head are going off, but I'm like, okay, something's going on here. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm slightly impressed. I'm like, my friend here is signal, so I'm just going to try to get out of the way and right. let him chat chat up this person. In my opinion, she's not, you know, uneasy on the eye. But she immediately strikes up a conversation with us. And I would say kind of from the get-go, like, it was a little too in our space. 
it was aggressive. And yeah, and there was there was a slight, and I not in a not like a dude at a bar that's about to get into a fight with you aggressive, but just very. No, it was forward. Forward. Yep. Yeah, it was forward. Like checking in, kind of gave a whole story, which I don't want to go through the whole thing, but it was. <laughs> if we give too much, we might. Yeah, we, we may identify. We may identify her, but just she, with, let's uh, just say she because it, it, it is a fu- a funny part of the story because she very quickly explains that she's in town with a group that includes her daughter for a dance competition. She's from, you know, outstate Minnesota. Uh, so now we know she's out at a bar, leaving her daughter back at the hotel. It sounds like with a group of people, it doesn't sound like it was total negligence. Like she left her sitting by herself no. in a hotel room, but no. still kind of funny that like she's abandoned her daughter. And then she would, the, the big thing that she was really, asking for us for was live music. Right. And we had both said, well, you're in the suburbs of the Twin Cities. You need to go up to Minneapolis or St. Paul to find some music. And she's like, yeah, I can't do that because I can't go too far away from where my daughter's at. And I have to be back home at midnight. And already it's 945 or so. Yeah, I think it was even a little later than that. But in any case. At this point, I feel like I'm on candid camera. Like we're about to be. Pumped in some way. I'm like, what's happening? At this point, I don't feel like I'm on candid camera. So far, she's made a reasonable bar order. She's not unattractive. She's interested in live music. She has, she could hear that a childish Gambino was playing at the bar, which with my deaf ears, I couldn't even tell who it was playing. Like, these are all, you know, positive things in my book. Somebody potentially in your wheelhouse. So I was. You know, giving you some space and not really uh, getting in the way. (laughs) So, you know, we are. But at this point, like. And so far, this is maybe like five, six minutes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, we have drawn this out into like 10 to 15 minutes. It has literally been. The director's commentary of this. Yes, it has literally been six minutes. And these things have happened that we have described so far when she turns to us and says, hey, uh. You guys got any cocaine? <laughs> Complete with the snorting something up her nose gesture. <laughs> so everyone at home can have a clear representation of what, what is happening to us here. Right. And and to me, like part of the funny part here is just the reading of the room. Like I would say of all the people at that bar, to look at the two of us, you might look at me and think, oh, that guy might know who has cocaine. You might think that, but then you look that you're with me. Cause you're wearing like a button down shirt. Like, you know, it, you, you, you look pretty preppy. Like I, I just like, did I look maybe like young professional who's looking to have fun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that was what her brain maybe. thought. I just, I, first of all, I thought it was kind of hilarious, you know, that of all the people, like she thought we were going to be the ones to ask for that. I mean, I don't think we had disclosed what we do for a living at that point, which would have made it even funnier if we had, but, uh, I, well, and I, and again, I think she, she was on a clear mission. It was forward about that mission. <laughs> yes, she was. She had an agenda and she was taking items off of that list. And I think those items were bar, live music, 
meet a guy, cocaine, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> back home by 1230 to my dance competition. <laughs> so we're so caught off by this question that it felt like there was like 30 seconds of silence. I'm sure it was actually much shorter than that. And the, and the only thing that my brain that's kind of like <laughs> scrambling to get caught up from my initial impression to that question was I just mumbled something about, oh, uh, he he can't because he has a heart condition. <laughs> so thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> which I do, which makes the current <laughs> health crisis all the more uh, crisis for me. But yeah, so he says that, which I'm like, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, can't can't help you out here. That wasn't the only time she asked us. She, no, no. But then, yeah, right on top of that, like, we have just – she has just killed the conversation. There's been some amount of seconds of silence. I have the most awkward response to that ever, which I think is fine. Like, I think it should feel awkward when some person you don't know asks you for cocaine at a suburban bar. But in any case, she follows that right up with – and I can see from the look on your faces that you probably don't know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> she was not letting go. I know. <laughs> no. So, uh, I'm, so I'm like just doing some math in my head again, realizing you're single and like, you know, who knows where this goes. Uh, just it's like, you know, there is live music in town. It's a DJ. It's a different bar. It's another kind of side of town. If I were to drive you both there, that's probably not a good idea. I'm like doing all this math in my head, trying to figure this out while at the same time thinking, is this real? Is this what happens these days? Like people are just asking each other for drugs at the bar. It is, I think, the second time in my life I've been asked if I had drugs on me. The first time was in my 20s when I was at a all day festival. But in fairness to the person asking me, I was I had my hair long and in braids. So, <laughs> yeah, I you pro probably you at that point definitely look like you might be selling meth. At so. that <laughs> at that point, I fit I fit the bill. I was shirtless, really skinny, have uh -huh. like these mirrored sunglasses, and my hair's down to my shoulders in these you know braids. And right. this guy's like, "Dude, do you have any tabs?" <laughs> <laughs> no, man, sorry. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I've pr probably told this story before, but uh, in case I have it on this podcast, I was seeing the Chemical Brothers, uh, not for the first time, and standing in line at this for this venue that it's not really like an underground venue, but it, it feels very much like when it's a big concrete venue and you kind of feel like you're going to a rave. And this wasn't like an all night thing, like they were playing fairly early, but then there were other DJs like going all night. And I'm standing there in line and the crowd or the line just feels super young. And I'm like, man, I, I'm too old to be here these days. Like just feeling like the, you know, the whole underground rave scene type thing has passed me by and finally get through the doors. And I've literally just walked into the venue and this girl in butterfly wings comes up to me and gives me a hug and is like, She's like, um, hey, man, do you want some E? <laughs> and I, I declined, you know, for our listeners. Uh, but 
I've just immediately felt very happy as in like, ah, okay, I still, I still belong here. I'm, we're still good. I still got it. <laughs> um, so to bookend this story, she, yes. she continues to talk to us. Right. Like orders another drink. I believe you're correct. Like, you know, I, at this point, like I'm almost like, I'm just kind of baffled by the whole situation. You so are, like, you're working the, Hey, let's go up to the cities and go see some music. Like we can, we can make that happen. We I don't think, of the, I think post cocaine question, I'm not working anything. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just more, you're more an observer. Yeah. I'm more interested as a, as a, a, person who's interested in people and what makes them tick like i'm you're trying the nature channel at this point exactly i'm trying to figure this person out and so yeah there was discussion of I, I, again i don't want to give too many details because i i don't want to accidentally uh you know identify this person although it feels fairly unlikely on this this podcast but uh there was some confusion because she was planning to go to Sturgis this summer which you know hopefully for her this the, the current crisis doesn't call off Sturgis cuz you know that'd be sad for for a lot of people uh it was yeah. and and I think <laughs> given the where the conversation had gone we're now sort of like thinking I don't want to say the worst of this person but we we have greatly changed our minds about who this person is and whether we want to spend time around this person. It's very much a, like when Kevin Garnett screams, anything is possible. <laughs> All bets are off. And so she said she was going to go to, to Sturgis. And I just jokingly had said something like, cause she said she had never been before. And I was like, Oh, well, some made some joke about like, do you like getting your ass slapped by bikers as they drive by? And she's like, I don't care as long as I make like three thousand dollars. I thought it was ten thousand. I maybe it was ten thousand. I I can't remember. Which, given everything else that happened in the conversation, and that also like you know we're several drinks into the night, I took as some sort of like drug dealing thing. Either drug dealing or like prostitution thing. <laughs> I realized by the light of day and fully sober, she had mentioned that she herself does bartending, and I think giving her the benefit of the doubt, what she was saying, she was she was she was going to go there to bartend and hoping to make that much money. I'm I'm ninety five percent sure that's she meant that, not something more more scandalous. But that's kind of where the brain went given the rest of the conversation. And while there was like quite a bit of an intrigue of like, wow, this night could go in any number of directions here. <laughs> uh, we left the bar and she was chatting up some other person uh, as we, as we left. And well, it became, she was really wanting us that we had identified that the only music in nearby in Egan was a DJ at kind of a cheesy bar. <laughs> Coincidentally, I had been to the last time I drank absinthe and made it to see. Yes. <laughs> With it. Yes. So there was the option on the table of like, oh, I could drive both of you to that bar and just sort of drop you off there and see you later, go back home and get the details from you later. That and, was technically an option in my head. Like those, any, any options there had, uh, yeah. yeah, had, uh, had, had flown away post cocaine question. Option I mean, in the, option in the sense that she would have been on board. 
Yeah, right. Yes. I mean, she was very aggressive still in trying to get us to take her to said place. And, and, I, and like, you offered to drop us off like dad in a minivan. And no, I, I, <laughs> I left the choice up to you. I was not too keen on anything that was going on there. My alarm bells were ringing. I'm waiting. Bye, kids. You have fun. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get stabbed. I only have one kidney. She can't take the other one. It's like... <laughs> uh yeah and i you know i want to pause here to say like i am not passing any moral judgments on you know really anyone but you know everybody has their own life they've made their own decisions decisions when it comes to substance use when it comes to you know child care child care <laughs> i might pass judgment on some people depending on the child care in this case it sounded like her child was with you know the other people on this trip not like abandoned by themselves in a hotel room so i wasn't really passing judgment there i was a little bit passing judgment just in the sense of like let's go do a bunch of cocaine and then show back up at the hotel room with my child but you know who knows yeah, <laughs> yeah. so anyway it's just I, outside the realm of really what's normal for me i i think i'm pretty sheltered right <laughs> so, so. I, was, I was asking friends who i want to school with i just summarized this story not nearly in as much detail yeah but i was like is this the sort of stuff that goes on in 2020 like what's happening right. <laughs> they, they got a kick out of it <laughs> i woke up like still laughing about it the next morning i giggled about it for for days we we joked later that we because she gave us enough information we could have figured out where this competition was and we should have just shown up the next day and like bumped into her and been like, like hey, oh hey, hey what's hey. going on <laughs> find that coke like oh you meant you meant this dance competition oh, that's what a coincidence <laughs> Uh, just to see what her reaction would be by the light of day. Cause I, you know, I get the feeling she's kind of leading two lives because I mean, what did you think of how she presented to me? She looked like attractive suburban slash small town mom, like out for a night. That's, that's well, I, what I mean. That's what she pretty much shared. So, yeah. But I mean, it just objectively before she said anything, is that kind of what you would have thought had you seen her? Oh, I, it's, it's kind of hard to go back. Hard to, to separate. <laughs> hard to separate everything that followed from a first impression. <laughs> anyway, my point being is I very much think like this was kind of an on the on the DL situation. I got, and that, I, I, got I got the sense it wasn't her first time. No, definitely not. She, she knew what she was about. But I also think that this was something that she does kind of, you know, when these opportunities arise and then probably is kind of dance mom the rest of the days of the week. What so would be funny is to find her podcast where she's talking about the two Dutch she met at some sort of bar <laughs> in the Twin Cities. <laughs> Oh my God! Let me tell you, these these guys up in oh man, they had nothing to offer in the Twin Cities. They are boring. Wow, AF. what a waste of my time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's no, there's going to be no stories like that for the foreseeable future where we just run into strangers and have conversations. Uh, you know, it's funny because I think that very night, like when we were kind of talking about what to do i i said something along the lines of like i just like to go out and be at a at a bar because you run into people and you have random conversations and that's always interesting and uh well last we, was a, a month or two ago we were out at lawless discovery mm -hmm. and i've always been a people watcher which is 
you know, why I'm in the field I'm in. Me too. Um, and I, it's just funny. I was like, oh, they're clearly on a first date. I wonder how it's going. And we like, like look in every five minutes and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait, no, something happened. And it, it seemed like they were hitting it off. But like, I always pay attention to stuff like that. You mm-hmm. sort of create your own narratives. Yep. Um, which is, you know, maybe a little intrusive, but. Eh, everybody does it. Yeah. Um, but it just, so, the people watching, meeting people, I, you're, what you describe yourself as? Like an extroverted extrovert? Yeah. I mean, so I I don't know because, you know, we were separate years at our master's program. So I don't think we had this class together. But um, I think it was the person that taught um, – no, it wasn't group counseling. I don't even remember what it was. Anyway, uh, we did the Myers-Briggs as part of the the uh, class, which if people are familiar with, it's the one you get the four letters like ENFP, which is There's me. 16 combinations, I think, yeah. you can possibly mm-hmm. get. And the E is extrovert. Uh, and, you know, the definition, uh, I think in terms of the traditional Myers-Briggs, which is one that I like, even though I think the science on Myers-Briggs is a little hazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not the best. <laughs> but anyway, uh, one of the big things is about extrovert versus introvert is kind of where you draw energy and what drains energy from you, which I find to be very true when I think about it. It's not so much like, do you like people or being around people? It's just like, when you do that, like, does that cause you to gain energy or does that do you feel kind of drained by the end of that interaction? Um, so anyway, when we took the Myers-Briggs as a class, and maybe this person did it with your class if the same person taught it, he lined us up in the room, and he lined us up relative to our scores. So like if you scored you know, this number, you would stand like a couple people away from the next person, you know, sure. kind of like that. And so there were two, E being the extrovert being one of them, that not only was I the person to the furthest out on E, but I was standing like way far away Outside from the, next of the person. Classroom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think in most definitions of the word, I am an I am an extrovert. Uh, so I'm dying a little bit of a, a slow death right now being stuck uh, in uh, social distancing. Yeah, a few more weeks of this, you're going to look all shriveled up like Clone Emperor at the end of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I have been saying that I'm going to be uh, Jack Nicholson uh, at the typewriter in The Shining if I <laughs> don't keep getting to do. Uh, well, you can start your opus, you know. Right. I, you know, I'm I'm trying to I think it's a good exercise and sort of. Uh, you know, I, I, it's easy when you're as extroverted as I am to just constantly lean on interacting with people in one way or another. And so this kind of forces the me to reconnect with the only child in me and remember the things that I do like doing by myself and the ways that I you know, do find happiness by myself. But also I need to do what we're doing right now and the previously mentioned virtual happy hours and everything I can do to stay connected because uh, it's, it's it's not it's not my uh, it's not my wheelhouse to be stuck around home all day every day. Yeah, well, maybe we'll end on this because I and I did send this idea to Zoom. And mm-hmm. They haven't written back, but of the virtual house party mm-hmm. that maybe a listener can let us know if this is possible. So I thought the virtual happy hour was a lot of fun. It was great. You could see everyone, and you're all talking. 
but crosstalk sometimes gets to be a problem because really only one person can talk at once yep. for the most part. So what would be interesting is to have, whether it's Zoom or some other application, and maybe this already exists, where you have maybe 20 people that's a part of a conference, but there's three separate rooms and the person can just click from one room to the other and you can name them whatever. It could be, you know, kitchen, living room, den. And you just sort of bounce around the different rooms and join those people. And then maybe two people from that room leave, go to a different room. And you just have that for a couple of hours mm -hmm. where you're kind of rotating who you're talking to and the rooms vary in sizes over times. That seems like it should be a thing that exists if it doesn't. Um, and instead of like us monetizing this idea, you just keep giving it away. Like I can't code over things. I don't and know over how and it over. works. <laughs> so if anyone wants to partner, we we can figure out this app and yeah, yeah, make money yeah, off a of a terrible situation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Zoom is your because they are very much like a business meeting application, but it does seem like there should be something for people being social and really an app that like maybe. It, handles that crosstalk a little bit better where it is a little bit more like just having a conversation at a party where, you know, more than one person could be kind of talking at the same time and you could kind of attenuate to what you want to. I don't know. Turn down certain people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. What's yeah. that show? Pardon the interruption where there's the host on ESPN and there's the talking heads and depending yeah. on how, what their points are, they get points or not, then they get dropped off. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, hard to watch. Yeah, I don't wouldn't want that, but maybe some mm -hmm. features to moderate people a little bit. Uh, you can turn on a Zoom where people have to raise their hands, but that that feels awkward for a happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> if you raise your box of wine, then <laughs> the floor is yours. <laughs> Without a doubt. With the time, I think we're planning on doing more of these. Yep. I know we say yep. that a lot, so there's just not a lot of else to do. <laughs> I have other topics. I'd, I'd like to do my, my God of War review. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I have thoughts about that game. Mm -hmm. uh, watch some good shows lately. So there's things to discuss. Uh, yeah, I mean, talking about things that people can stream during these times is probably a, a reasonable topic. Like I said, I, I hope we'll do these at least a bunch of times per week, if not every day. Um, uh, just because I, you know. People can can use the distraction. So if you do uh, post out some links to live music and such, where uh, I know you do it on Facebook, but where yeah, so I'll, on Twitter. I'll try to do it at my at my at Geekzinga account on Twitter from now on, in case people are interested. Um, and yeah, where can people find you? I'm at the id DM where I'm spending more time deleting posts <laughs> that I'm about to type than typing and writing stuff. But I think cooler heads are prevailing. You almost got a spit take there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there was something going on in my Facebook that I had to not respond to, which was for the best. Um, <laughs> but, but your wife still. It's a long story. She had just she had set up her uh, her new monitor and 
stuff for you know working remotely and had the great like heavy-handed keyboard noises <laughs> and was on this virtual happy hour with all of us and couldn't take it and you could hear exactly like yeah that's what was going on uh, no doubt it was it was a measured response like it it, was. it, it was not it, was. it wasn't too inflammatory but there's there's a lot of stress anxiety fear and I think a lot of people are experiencing that and it's coming out in different ways. So I, I have my own and this was a good outlet to be in touch with folks and hopefully uh, make some other people out there laugh. Yep. And I think we'll try to, to keep it light and fun for the most part. But if people respond to us on Twitter or whatever and say they want us to talk a little bit more about coping stuff or, you know, being you know, different uh, types of mindfulness or whatever we are both in the field, we could address those kinds of things as a topic as well. But Box line recommendations. <laughs> yes, or box, box line recommendations. All right, folks, <laughs> we'll be back soon. Night. Night.